Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Tommy, if you're an off-roader, we are living in exciting times because for the first time, as long as I can remember, we're going to have a direct competitor to the Jeep Wrangler, and that's because what? That's right. The Ford Bronco is making a return, so it's been gone for 24 years now, but coming very shortly, there's going to be a brand new one, and this is huge news for car enthusiasts, huge news for truck enthusiasts, and just for kind of America in general, because the Bronco is one of the staples of the U.S. automotive industry. Yeah, uh, the word is that on July 9th, Ford is going to unveil the new Bronco, uh, and then the latest leak is that um, the order banks, when you can order it, will open up sometime, hopefully at the end of this year, uh, and it will be available actually for deliveries in April of 2021. Now that seems like a long time away for me. Yeah, this has been like the longest rollout, I think, of any car I can remember in a long time because Ford teased the Bronco several years ago, remember? I was there. Yeah, so was I at the Detroit Auto Show. And then it's just been year after year after year of trickling information coming from various sources and Ford keeps delaying it and delaying it. So I'm finally hoping that we'll see it in July this year. Yeah, and um, in this video, we're going to talk about the things that we believe that the new Bronco has to bring to the table to be able to compete against the Jeep uh, Wrangler. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. Let's talk about the Bronco Sport because there is news on that as well, and that is uh, that that will be coming out much earlier. So uh, orders are going to be hopefully starting in next month in July, uh, and then it will be available uh, at the dealership by November. But this is a different vehicle, right? Yeah, the Bronco Sport's going to be that small crossover SUV to compete with Renegade, for example, right? And, and it's believed that that's going to be based on the Escape platform. So... This is going to be much more on-road focused, much uh, less aggressive than the big Bronco. And then the one that you know, we're really excited about that we're talking about on the show is going to be the off-road model that's going to compete, like you said, with yeah, the Wrangler. The, the one that you can draw a direct line through the O.J. Simpson Bronco, the Bronco 2, and of course the iconic Bronco 1 that came out in the 60s. That's the one we're excited about. Uh, the Sport, that's, of course, much more of a mild off-roader, uh, more um, if it competes with vehicles like the Renegade, uh, more in terms of, well, appearance and some off-road cred, but certainly not something that I'd be eager to take on, let's say, Hell's Revenge and Moab. Uh, and at the end of this uh, 
podcast, we're going to talk about the little dust-up that we had with Ford because we um, released some pictures that we we got, leaked pictures. Uh, and this is important because they were leaks. This is not something that was given to us by Ford. Uh, and then, then we broke an embargo. But there's a dust-up about that. Ford uninvited us because of it to the F-150 and, of course, the Bronco. So I want to talk about that and kind of set the record straight at the end of this podcast, but that's not the important part. What is important are the top 10 things we think that the new big boy Bronco is going to have to have to compete uh, with the Wrangler. So let's start with number 10, capability, Tommy. What do you think it's going to have to have? Uh, And some of those pictures actually uh, showed that it will have things very similar to the Wrangler, and I'm talking about things like a disconnectable sway bar. Well, we should clarify, we don't know this for sure. Right, this is not for sure. Yeah, I mean, we we think we know because we saw the picture that this mule had these buttons. It could be something that they're... Playing with and not putting on the final production yeah, which version. Would be a bummer. But let's talk about the things that the Wrangler has that I think the Bronco is going to have to bring to the table uh, in terms of capability to, to compete directly. So I think it's pretty obvious you're going to have to have a low range. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to have at least a locking rear diff, if not also locking front diff. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to have what tire size and what tire size upgradable to, would you say? Well, quite honestly, I'm not sure any of this matters. Okay. Because I think you would be astonished at the number of people that will never take their new Wranglers off-road. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely new, do. New Broncos and Wranglers. And Wranglers. Okay. No, both. I think both. And I think because so many people don't take their new Wranglers off-road, there's going to be a lot of people that don't take their new Broncos off-road. Right. So I, I think that as an enthusiast, you definitely want to see the gearing and the, uh, the sway bar disconnect and the locking diffs and the off-road tires and the, the body-on-frame construction. But... From a consumer standpoint, if you're not an enthusiast, do you really need these things? That That's the question I have for you. Well, I would say, yeah, you do need them because it's what establishes credibility, right? It's, it's all those guys and gals out there taking it into the wild and using it as um, it's intended to be used and pushing it that makes the guys and gals who will never take it off the road want to buy it, right? Because it's the image of, of you know, uh, the lifestyle of the Wrangler owner that's going to sell it to the person who's just going to use it as a everyday uh, vehicle. So let's, let's delve deep into that. Let's talk about the stuff that it's going to definitely have to have. And th- these are things we're pretty sure it's going to have already. So we think it's going to have, like the things we mentioned, low range, locking diffs, disconnectable sway bar. But we also think it's going to have things that the Wrangler has like a removable roof. So it's going to be a convertible. Yeah, I think this is going to be the most important aspect. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the design. Because that, that, that's what's going to sell this vehicle. It's, it's going to have to look retro. I think it is going to have to be a convertible. It's going to have to appeal to both genders, which is important. I think if they make it too aggressive, uh, you know, um, it's, it's going to target one gender over another. But if they make it too cutesy, it's also going to target one gender over the other. So there's a very fine line they have to walk for the Bronco to look right. And I think that's going to be the most important thing when it comes to launching this new vehicle. And as an enthusiast, yes, I'm very excited about the tech. But from a sales standpoint, for it to be a success, I think the look they're going to really have to nail. How about uh, removable doors? No, I don't think you need those. Really? I really don't. Because the spy images suggest that it will have removable doors, potentially. Mm, I'm thinking the spy images suggest they won't have removable doors. Yeah, because... The ones we've seen have frameless doors, oh, hmm. um, and like the Wrangler has a very simple, uh, basic door design so okay. that you can pull them off. 
Uh, it's a cool selling point. Once again, it's like kind of like the removable, removable, <laughs> the fold down windshield. Yeah, how about the, the fold down windshield? Do you think it'll have to have that? How many have you ever seen a Wrangler go down the road with this windshield folded? That's, yeah, Jalopnik did it. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> in the real world, unless unless it's like a '63 CJ5, yeah. you're never going to see a modern Wrangler with the windshield folded. It's a cool thing to have, but I'm not sure it's a realistic selling point for many. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that. Um, uh, have uh, features that are never used, and I'll give you a classic example of that. The G wagon, the, even the new one, has three lockable diffs: front, middle, and rear. Right, and I would I would wager that ninety nine percent of the people who drive that thing down Hollywood Boulevard will never touch those buttons, but they bought it because it has them. Well. They didn't buy it because they have them. Yeah, yeah, they did. They yeah, because they saw those three cool buttons and they're like, hey. Kim Kardashian does not know what any oh, of those yeah. buttons do. Really, Kim Kardashian, yeah. you can tell yeah. me right now that Kardashian knows what a center locking diff yeah, does. Yeah, because she's thinking to herself, when the apocalypse, when the zombie apocalypse comes, no. I'm going to push those three buttons and I'm going to drive up the Hollywood Hills and escape with my life. That's what she's thinking. Th- that is true. So the reason it has them is to give you that, that, that street cred that's important. But she has no idea what those buttons do. I mean, maybe she's watching this. Yeah. Kim, let me know in the comment section below <laughs> if you know what a, uh, a front, center, and rear locker does. If you know but those three buttons on your g It's <laughs> like when we went to our uh, the, well, the largest Jeep dealer in Colorado, yeah. we were talking to the sales manager. And you were like, you know, what spread of Wranglers or Rubicons? And he was like, when the JL first came out, everyone came rushing in and wanted a Look. Rubicon. And the salespeople talked to him and they said, do you need the sway bar disconnect? Do you need right. the uh, aggressive tires? I said, no, we just want the Rubicon sticker on the side and we want the big tires. Look, you know, I, I see what you're say- saying from a sales point of view, but I think that there is definitely a chart somewhere at uh, Ford HQ that has every one of these things on it, like a tick, right? Uh, 33s. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, bumper that you can remove the ends so that you can get better clearance. Uh, approach angle, departure angle. They are definitely, definitely uh, targeting the Wrangler and all of its capabilities. And I think if you're uh, a serious off-roader like we are, right, then you are going to look at all those numbers and all those facts when you make the decision uh, to either go Bronco or go Wrangler. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there, I think, who will go with the Bronco just because it's new and different, right? You just get bored of something. No matter how good or bad it is, at some point you get bored of it. Um, So, you know, let's let's not forget that. There'll be a certain percentage. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, serious Wrangler owners who take it off-road, and Ford knows this if they want to directly compete, are, are directly you know, benchmarking uh, the Bronco and Ford is directly benchmarking the Wrangler for that reason. Look, I know I'm playing devil's advocate here. Right. Obviously, I want it to be good off road, but for it to be a sales success, I'm not so sure it needs to be. For example, like us, we kind of went a little nuts when the Blazer revealed. Right. Right. It was not traditional. It was this weird sporty coupe. Right. And they've been selling a lot of Blazers. The Blazer is doing quite well in the marketplace right now. Yeah, but Blazer isn't the Bronco. You know, what we've seen from the – and let's face it. This has been – like I said, this has been out there now for, God, what, five years? So a lot of images have come out of it, a lot of information has come out already. This has been probably the, the longest unveiling slash reveal slash debut of any vehicle that I've ever experienced in the last 10 years. Right, usually, usually the car... What does this have to do with the Blazer? Well, because, <laughs> because there's been this, this, like, this, this, this flood of information, so we know a lot about it, right? The Blazer just kind of came out, and there it was. Yeah, but uh, I think in the, the staple of a lot of people's minds, Blazer and Bronco are the same thing. 
Hmm. They're, they're direct competitors. And they, they were direct competitors in the 70s and the 80s, right? So, um, well, I'll, I'll give you one thing. Yeah. Blazer has sold. Bronco hasn't because Blazer's out there. Right. <laughs> so, yes. so GM is making money. Uh, but let's keep going down this list, okay? Uh, number nine on my list is the power plant. What do you think the power plant uh, is going to be? And we think we know this already. Yeah. Based on some pictures we've seen, I think it's going to be that 2.3 liter EcoBoost. That's in the Ranger. Yeah, it's in a lot of stuff. It's yeah. in the Ranger. It's in the Mustang. Um, in the Ranger, it makes, I think, 270 horsepower, 310 pound-feet of torque. I think the most important thing about the power plant is that it's reliable. I think that's got to be the, 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 the thing on the forefront of the Ford engineers' well, minds. If, if, you're benchmark, if Ford is benchmarking the Wrangler, then they're way behind because the Wrangler now has three power plants, right? It's got the 3.6, e- 3.6 uh, Pentastar. It's got the uh, new Eco Diesel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's got the 2-liter turbo. Uh, so if, if you're um, you know, looking for different capabilities, because like the diesel's really good at doing things like you know, putting a lot of torque so you can put big tires and wheels on it, uh, if you're looking for fuel economy, the um, two-point-liter turbo uh, mild hybrid is good at that. And if you're looking for reliability, I would say the Pentastar. Right now, if Ford comes out with one engine, it certainly is going to put them, at least in terms of benchmarking, behind the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't actually know how many engines, how many of those eco-diesels Jeep is going to sell. Hmm. I think that in this class of vehicle, the engine is important, and it is a possible selling point. Like if they got like a 5-liter V8, that would be cool, right? Yeah. But once again, it's, it's not really a sports car. You don't need a lot of power well, I, I for say, off-road. I, I say this because if you look at truck sales in America, right? Yeah, but trucks are totally different. But let me finish. Let me, right In truck sales, you've got the two um, Japanese brands which bring up the rear in terms of the number of vehicles they sell. I'm talking about Nissan and Toyota, and they all have one engine choice, right? One. Both have one. Sure. And uh, Ford and GM and Ram, which actually lead, offer multiple engines. So I think GM has the most now, followed by Ford, followed by Ram with two. So, so if you look at that model, then uh, power plant choices are important to buyers, at least in terms of sales. I don't know about that, though, Dad, because Frontier sells like crazy in the smaller class. And Frontier, they Frontier is also bringing up the rear. It, it's outso- the except, except for the Honda. Yeah, no, 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 dude. Uh, the Tacoma is number one. No, for sure. It's not, it's not a bestseller, but they sell a heck of a lot I of I mean, Frontiers. Tacoma sells a quarter million, uh, and Frontier sells a fraction of that, followed by you know the GM twins, the Canyon, the Colorado, yes, but followed that, I by think, the Ranger. I mean, part of the reason that the, the Tundra is lagging behind is not because it has one engine. I think it is. No, it's because it's 25,000 years old. No, I think it's... I had, it's, a, it's, I had a dinosaur it's, friend it's, then. And same thing with the Nissan. Yeah, I think the, the Nissan is just look if you're if, got you, more if you're buying uh, a truck and you walk into the dealership and you've got seven choices of power plants that give you seven different fuel economies that give you seven different capabilities. I think that yeah, but will lead to more sales. Is a truck a tool? Yes. Well, no, if, if you want a tool, you, you care about what powers that tool. Right. The Wrangler and the Bronco, in my opinion, are more lifestyle vehicles. Right. And for a lifestyle vehicle, as long as that engine lasts a heck of a long time and gets you down the road... You don't know a, if it's going to last a long time. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. As long as it does... But you don't, we don't know that. We don't know... I know hold that. on. As long as it does, it's going to be fine. So I, Regardless I, I, of whether or not it has 400 horsepower or 200 horsepower. I mean, horsepower. I, I get your argument, but I have a hard time accepting that what you're saying is that having less choice is better. That's exactly what you're saying for sales. And I, I, I think that sales... 
uh, have proven that more choice is better. But certainly this is your opinion. I, I, you know, and I value it, but I disagree with it. Okay. All right, let's keep going. Value. Uh, what does the current Wrangler start at? Yeah, this is going to be the most important thing. I think you're 1,000% on this topic. It starts at about $28,000 for the two-door. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of design, I think this is going to be the, the, the crucial – well the number one purchasing decision for most. It has to be within the range of the Wrangler. So it looks like based on the spy shots we've seen, there's going to be two configurations of Bronco, the two-door and the four-door. So I expect the two-door to probably come in around 29 or 30 for uh, the entry-level vehicle. And then the four-door should start probably about 32 because the Wrangler starts 31. So I want them to really target the Jeep on, on the price. Yeah, and this, this is a hard one. I'm sure they will benchmark it and target it. Uh, it's also hard because um, what will happen is you'll have a lot of discounting, right? When there's competition, like you see in the truck world, there's a lot of discounting. Uh, and the one thing that uh, Jeep will have to its advantage is that a lot of the tooling will, for the new JL won't be paid off, but they'll certainly have the ability to drop the price. And I think you'll see that. I think that'll be good for all of us. So, the, you know, the, the Bronco will come in. There'll be a lot of excitement. And what we've seen in the past from FCA is uh, the easiest way, and certainly one of the smartest ways to do that is just to discount the, the Wrangler. Making it so even if Ford undercuts them originally in price, and we've seen this, you know, I mean, the, the manufacturers go head to head when it comes to price. So let's say that they're very similar. I don't think it would be difficult for Jeep to, to drop the price, and I don't think then that that the Bronco will at least in the first year drop the price because I think there'll be a lot of excitement about it. But eventually, it'll also bring the price down, and that's good for everybody out there. So whether yeah. you're a Bronco fan or a Wrangler fan, I think this is just good for us because it means, um, you know less expensive off-roaders. I think initially when the Bronco comes out, uh, some dealers are going to mark it up, though. That's the part I hate. I mean, we're seeing that with the Defender right now. Yeah, but we saw that with the Wrangler, too. There yeah. were markups. Yeah, that's, especially on the Gladiator. That's just part of it. I mean, yeah. I think any new anticipated launch, we saw markups on the Supra. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just going to be something you have to deal with and wait a few months, and eventually there'll be enough in dealers. Uh, yeah, and there might be a launch edition, which will get certainly expensive. All right, let's talk about towing. How about towing? Is, is towing important? Um, yes, I think it's more important than you think. Yeah. Because I do see a lot of Jeeps with trailers that are far too heavy behind them. And Jeep does not, the Wrangler does not tow well. I think the highest towing is what, 3,500 pounds on the four-door? On the four-door with the tow group, exactly. Yeah. And that, that is, you know, yeah, I, it's definitely a room pretty low. It's definitely a room Ford can go in and, and um, stir some feathers. Yeah. Because 3,500 is, is low. And, of course, Jeep will tell you, well, if you want the same open-top experience, but you want to tow... Go by the Gladiator, which will tow 7650 now in its max tow configuration. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it would be cool if the Bronco will tow at least five. I think that will open up uh, the, the vehicle to more of the truck enthusiast world, someone who's looking at a bigger SUV or pickup truck because they have a boat or a little camper. So I think that is a possible place where they could definitely uh, take some sales away. And then the question is, what will Jeep do? Will they do magic towing dust or will they actually – uh, go and reconfigure it because you know towing isn't about uh, it used to be about marketing right so in the past when we started doing this like let's say ram would come out with a truck that towed 9000 and the next day ford would put out a press release saying that our f150 tows 9500 without any changes to it but now because of the society of automotive engineers that number is fixed to actually real testing 
Uh, and so you can't just up the towing number without upping the capability. And there's a lot to it, right? There's braking. There's cooling for the engine. It's not just like how heavy the vehicle is, how heavy the chassis is. I think part of that, though, could be marketing. I mean, there could be a – I'm not saying please don't go off of this, but there could be a potential that the Wrangler is underrated on purpose hmm. to make you buy a Gladiator. You know? You think – oh, you, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, so, so Jeep, Jeep is underrated. The, but, you know, uh, I, I see that argument, but we towed quite a bit with the Wrangler, especially on our Motor Mountain USA. But it was a JK. That was a whole different animal. Yeah, and that thing did not tow well. Yeah, that was a JK. That, that did struggle. But I think the, the JL – um, when the Bronco comes out, there could be a potential where they up the number, but it's, there's no such thing as magic towing this anymore because right. they have to uh, meet these agreed upon standards of SAE. Have we towed with the JL? Did we ever tow with it? I don't think we have towed with it yet. Yeah, we did. We did. What did we do? Andre and I towed a, um, a horse trailer with it, compared it against a Gladiator. How did it do? Uh, good. Yeah, it did good. It was a little, a, a little unstably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it official, had, official automotive journalist, unstably. Yeah, it had a little bit too much lateral movement for yeah. my liking, but it uh, had tons of power because it was a diesel. So it destroyed the Gladiator 0 to 60. So mm. certainly power and torque in the diesel is no issue. So, so there's an opening for Ford, certainly. Uh, the other place I think that Ford has an opening is in safety. Uh, and there's two bits of that, right? Right now, uh, we were just uh, going over our Gladiator that we b- purchased long-term, and we, we, we were trying to figure out whether it had two, four, six airbags. Uh, and I think the conclusion we came to is that the Wrangler or Gladiator is available with four airbags. Is that four? Yeah, four at most, which is... Um, pretty low um you know i mean considering that and, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a convertible and that you can you know fold the windshield and take the doors off uh but nevertheless we just bought a smart car that i think uh had how many seven airbags eight, eight airbags eight, right so in, in, in our gladiator you're looking at the two front one and then the two side ones and, and now the standard of course is not just front and side but side air curtains rear airbags rear air curtains uh knee airbags yeah i agree this is definitely a really important factor and, and then, yeah they could for sure um subtract from jeep sales on this one because i think when the Wrangler came out with the Unlimited in 2007, they opened the Wrangler up to families, right, who who before couldn't deal with the two-door Wrangler. But they never quite fully addressed the safety aspect. So they, they, they addressed the storage capacity. They addressed the rear seat room. They addressed overall usability for more than two people. But they did not address the safety. And this, I think, does put a lot of people off. Yeah, there's a, there's a wow factor there. Um when you figure out that you only have four airbags uh, because it's kind of become acceptable to have more than that. Uh, And the other part of safety, and this has become uh, more critical as the Institute for Highway Safety, right, has done more uh, safety testing, International IIHS, International Institute for Highway Safety, uh, and that is headlights. Insurance Institute Institute for for Highway highway Safety, safety, yes. Uh, and that is headlights because they've, uh, in order to get their uh, highest rating, right, you have to have good headlights. And with our Gladiator, not the LEDs, but the, the base headlights, um, they're not grand. Well, I think Ford will want do one of two things. Yeah. They'll either have a base headlight, which is incandescent, yeah. just like the Jeep, yeah. and then Jeep's response will be do nothing because they, ha- they, they, they compete. Or our Gladiator will come standard with LEDs. You mean Bronco. Oh, sorry, yeah. And then Bronco will come standard with LEDs. And then I think Jeep will make the LED standard on the Wrangler as well. Quite honestly, knowing Ford and their headlights, I don't think that they're going to make standard LEDs. Because, you know, we've seen it, like, for example, on our F-250. Even though I imagine from a manufacturing standpoint, it's probably not significantly more expensive to produce a vehicle 
you know, standard with LEDs. They don't. So, like, our F-250 has incandescence, and they're not good. Yeah, and, and let me be very clear about this because I think we're missing an important point here. Uh, in the IIHS testing, it's not just about incandescent or LEDs, right, because they most of the cars they test don't have incandescence. They do have LEDs. It's about the quality of the LEDs and the kind of light that they shed and the direction of the light that they shed, right? So just because you have LEDs doesn't isn't a magic bullet. There are a lot of vehicles with LEDs yeah, that still, still offer horrible lighting, right? It's, a, it's about how much glare you get, how you glare other drivers. There's a lot that goes into it, uh, and uh, it's something that the manufacturers are just starting to get their hands and head around, I think. Well, I, I think it's... Um, I was actually at the facility where yeah. FCA tests their headlights. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's just giant baseball field long hanger yep completely dark and they've manufactured a road in there so it's a highway it's it's this massive hanger with the highway through the middle of it with uh, a median and then they have some plants on the side they've got street signs and they can measure precisely the length at which the headlight projects the area at which it projects really cool stuff now i'm actually on the ihs website looking at the 2020 wrangler yeah um it performed pretty decently overall yeah so moderate overall moderate overlap front impact was good side was good roof strength was good head restraints and seats was good um the child seat anchors ease of use that was good plus yeah uh, but there are a couple areas where it didn't do so well. So, for example, small overlap front driver side. It flipped on its side? Yeah, marginal. Yeah. And then headlights. That was the first car to flip on its side, unfortunately. Headlights are poor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's certainly an opening uh, for Ford. And if you're curious about what happened in that testing, what was the overall rating that they gave it? Um, you want to look at it? It certainly wasn't a safety pick plus, unfortunately. Rating applies to 18 through 20. Yeah. Uh, overall evaluation, marginal. Hmm. There you go. And the European, uh, I think, even give it a worse uh, uh, safety rating in their European testing because it is sold in Europe. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly an opening for Ford to come in and uh, outperform the Wrangler. We shall see. Uh, let's keep going down this list, Tommy. Um, the next one, I think, is the one that people care about and the one that we know a lot about, and that is styling and appearance. I mean, pictures of the uh, spy pictures of the Bronco have now leaked out all over the place. Uh, we've seen it both on the road clad and in the factory unclad. What do you think of the styling? I think they actually nailed it. I yeah, think it the round really headlights, cool. the big Bronco in the grill, it's it's good. It's it, it's it's kind of friendly and, like you said, it, kind of gender neutral. Yeah, I think it looks really good. If if the actual reveal looks uh, like some of the leaked photos we've seen, I, they, they really nailed it. It's a great mix of vintage 60s nostalgia but modern 2021 um, design and and influence with aerodynamics. If it does look like I've seen it look in some of the leaked images, it's going to be brilliant. So I'm really excited for the design. Yeah, what do you think those tires are on there? You think those are like 33s out of the factory, or is it? No, no. You think they're smaller? No, bigger. Bigger. Yeah, bigger. 35s. Yep, bigger. I think they're going to be 35s. Now the the theory is there's going to be a few different uh, Bronco variations. Yeah. So there's going to be more of the entry level vehicle, which we've seen cruising around the you know, I, street tires. I don't think that'll have 35s. No, but then it looks like there's going to be a high performance off road one, maybe called the Bronco Raptor, mm. and that appears to be the one that's rolling on 35 Cooper Discover tires. Discover. So that would be the one that would line up against the Rubicon. Exactly. Yep. So I think trim wise, we're going to see a lot of overlap between sport sahara rubicon yeah and let's talk about the trim levels so basically there are three levels for a wrangler sport is your entry level 
Uh, it still has all the off-road goodies, the cladding, uh, the underbody protection, but it doesn't have uh, doesn't have things like you know lockers in the it front. Does, it doesn't have sway bars. There's a bunch of stuff. It does. It has a different transfer case. It has a worse axle ratio. It and has you can a get, weaker front axle. And you can get it with a soft top only, which makes it less expensive. You can get it with the hard top too, though. Yeah, I'm saying, but it, it, base one comes with a soft oh, yeah. top. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the entry level. You know, like once again, three levels. Then you've got the Sahara, which is kind of the city slicker, a Wrangler, right? That's yeah. the one with the city tires, and uh, it's got a lot of the safety equipment, and we haven't talked about that yet either. Uh, you can get more safety equipment on, on, on Wranglers, but once again, it's not the same that you can get on. Well, actually, let's talk about that. So, so there's been kind of this arms race in terms of safety tech with the Japanese uh, and Korean automakers, right? So, for instance, Toyota in their latest vehicles has introduced uh, Toyota, I think it's Safety Sense 2.0, 2.0 which gives you a full suite of um, lane departure warning, emergency braking, right, where the vehicle will stop in case there's a uh, sudden stop in front of you, uh, a lot of autonomy features, um, and, and that full suite is now across all of Toyota's, Honda's, and in a lot of way Hyundai's and Kia's line as well. Uh, and yet, you know, if you want that same kind of technology in a Wrangler, you're going to have to specify it. It's part of a package. And I don't think some of those things like uh, um, autonomous braking is available in the Wrangler. I'm not sure about that, 100% sure. I know you've got, there's like the, the lane warning, dep- departure warning is there. I'm not sure the Wrangler comes with uh, uh, variable cruise control, right. right? Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah. So but it, it, it's, a, it's a package. It's yeah, so not there's, standard. Unlike a Sahara, there's a safety group, which is blind spot monitoring, cross yep. path detection, yep. uh, park assist system. LED tail lamps. Um, and then on the advanced safety group, there's uh, brake assist. Right. So advanced brake assist, full speed forward collision warning plus adaptive cruise control, automatic high beams, and enhanced adaptive cruise control. So, so you can get it on a Wrangler. Thank you for looking that up. But unlike Toyota, it doesn't come standard on, on every, you know, Toyota's making standard on every vehicle they sell now. Yep. And so is uh, Honda and, you know, so are the other manufacturers. Uh, and I think Ford could take advantage of that and actually put it on there. And, and I, I hope they do because, uh, you know, safety at the end of the day uh, is paramount, right? You're putting the most important thing in your life into that car, which is your family. Um, then you want it to be as safe as possible. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, so you do have to pay extra for it. I'm just verifying that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you do, of course. Mm-hmm. I know. All right, should we keep going? Uh, yeah, let's keep going down the list. Now, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna, I'm skipping around on our list a little bit because I'm trying to kind of do the most important things first. But this is an important one: uh, technology. Uh, and there's two bits to it here. Let's start with um, things that people think of as in terms of technology. Things like over-the-air updates, uh, infotainment. Uh, you know, Ford has Sync, of course. How, how important is it to have the big screen and to have the latest version of Sync? I think people like that now. Yeah. I think for 2020, people are definitely looking at the latest tech. So Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, I think is a minimum. Um, comfort and convenience, like heated seats, keyless entry. How about cameras? Heated steering wheels. Uh, cameras, I think Ford Ford really is pushing cameras. So yeah. I think we're going to have some interesting camera systems available. On the um, oh, Wrangler... I don't. You can't get the front-facing camera. I don't believe. No, you can now, but it's an option. So it started out. It came as an. I think it Did came as an option on the Gladiator, and now I think you can get it on the. I'm not sure you can get it on the Wrangler. Anyways, on on some of the Jeep products, there's a little trail cam. But it, but it's certainly. Um you know they're behind the ball there uh, because, like on the Range Rover, uh, and I tested this what two years ago. 
Um, I'm talking about the Evoque now. You can get a camera that basically makes the, the front of the uh, vehicle disappear. So you can actually see through the hood of the car. It's way yep. cool. And you might be wondering, why do I want to see through the hood? Well, imagine like being able to see the rock or cliff that you're about to go over um, you know, before your front wheels hit it. That's pretty darn cool. There's going to be a lot of tech like that in the Bronco. I think they're going to come hard with some of the uh, like innovations in off-road tech. For sure, another um, piece of tech they teased in one of their videos yeah. was a, like, a turn assist function, which they, they have on the Land Cruiser. And basically what this is in, is in an off-road situation when there's low traction. Um, at like full lock, they can actually manually break the inside rear wheel which kind of drags the vehicle around a tighter turn. This is really great when you're when you're on like a switchback on a trail. Yeah, Toyota has it. Yeah, the Land Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think we're going to see that in the Bronco. Uh, I definitely think we're going to see some interesting stuff with cameras, maybe that invisible hood, um, if they can find a way to in- integrate that. And for sure, a lot of a lot of cool tech. So we'll have to wait and see. But definitely a lot of phone integration is what I expect as well. So uh, the other bit of tech, uh, and I, I dare to call this tech, but it is tech, is uh, independent uh, suspension versus a solid axle. In the front. In the front, yes. So yeah. how important, we, we think from the spy shots, and we're pretty, pretty certain about this, about as certain as we can get before it's actually officially unveiled, uh, that it will not have a solid axle like the Wrangler does. Yep. And, um, Probably more like a Toyota 4Runner. Yeah, and it, this is a thing that I, if if they end up going this direction, which we think they will, that all the Wrangler people are going to go ballistic about, this and they're going to say, "Why would I buy a Bronco? It has an independent front suspension." And then there's going to be um, like turf wars in Detroit going on between solid axle people and independent front suspension people. And at the end of the day, I really don't think it's going to matter because it's the new independent front suspensions are so good. And if you have traction aids like lockers, you can go incredibly far places with IFS. So, so, so the hardcore guys will tell you that the solid axle for rock crawling is better because it guarantees that at least one of the wheels is always touching, right? Well, yeah, the idea because, with because it is Because it's like a teeter-totter. Yeah, yeah. If, one, if one wheel is pushed into the air, the other one is, in theory, forced onto the, onto the, ground. Onto the rock or whatever. Yeah, which gives you more traction. Yeah, uh, but the... But, whereas with independent front suspension, you can run out of travel. Pretty but, quick. But, but, but the, we, we found that that isn't a big no, deal. No, because like the ZR2 and the ZR2 Bison have independent front suspension, right. and those are still one of the one of the most capable trucks on the road. Yeah, and uh, and then on road, um, it's know, much better. It's much better, and yeah. in, in a lot of ways, off road, it's also much better because with solid axles, you get that weird kind of left to right bob where your head gets slammed against the sports bar on the Wrangler. Yeah, you definitely definitely have some. If you hit, of that. if you hit the right connection. The over. interesting thing is in in the kind of the leaks we've seen, there looks to be a button, and um, you know we've heard from sources that that the front end is going to have a sway bar disconnect, which is something you, you really don't see on independent suspension vehicles. It's very very rare. So I'm, I don't actually know of a single factory application that does that, because the the solid axle design with the sway bar lends itself. To providing a lot of articulation with a disconnect and independent, I'm not I'm not super sure how that's going to work in the real world. So we're going to have to stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, like on the Touareg, some people do. They pull the sway bars on them, right. and it allows allows the wheels to move uh, further and not be as impacted by the other one. But well, if, uh, this is this is certainly one of those. Uh, either inside baseball or tempest in a teapot arguments, right, for for people who are way into um, 
off-roading. Uh, but it will be a differentiating um, fact between the two if you're looking for something that, that, that you really want to sink your teeth into the, and you love. The other thing we've seen, yeah. um, once, once again, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. It's for also our, easier to lift, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's much, a very good that's point. That's a big Solid deal. axles are way easier Solid axles. So, so, and this is what we should, before we get to our last point here, and there's actually a bonus as well, but before we get to our last point, we should talk about that. Uh, and that is what makes the Wrangler so popular is the same thing that makes the Harley so popular, right? It's the ultimate um, customizable vehicle. There's, I don't know. I can't think of any other vehicle that you can make your own as easily or as cheaply as a Wrangler. Uh, and lifting it is the number one thing people do, right? I, I think it, that's the first thing you're going to do. You're going to lift it. Uh, and lifting independent front suspension is not easy. It's doable. It's just a lot more expensive. And that's because you have it, 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 it's the it's a it's a much more sophisticated type of suspension. So with a solid axle, all you do is basically put a spacer between the body frame. Uh, well, or the ladder frame and the axle, right, to raise it. That's in essence. You have to get better shocks, but in essence, that's what you do. Whereas with front suspension, it's much more tricky. I'm, I I'm mean, simplifying. The, the, it. Yeah, the, the the challenge with independent front suspension is keeping the geometry right. Yeah, right. right. And, and it's, with it's, a solid it's, axle, it's it's always going it's going to be solid regardless of yeah. what the body's doing right. on top of it. Uh, manual transmission was an interesting leak too. So it was rumored that the uh, Bronco is going to have a seven-speed manual, yep. and we've seen now a picture, picture. of the, the shifter, yep. and it has one, your normal H pattern, one through six, yep. and then it also has um, a, a, another... A C. A C, yeah, which we think stands for crawler, but it's basically a granny low is what we believe it to be, yep. so that you've got a super low first gear. Really cool. The off-road guys are going to love that, um, but if you don't know what that is, you're, you're, you're probably not going to make your buying decision based off that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to uh, our number one thing on this list before we get to our bonuses, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is um, electrification, all right? Uh, so we have seen uh, an electrified – well, there is already an electrified Wrangler you can buy, and that's a mild hybrid, basically a 48-bolt system. Uh, but we also have seen a real hybrid, not a 48. So the difference between a real hybrid and a, I shouldn't say a real, the difference between a mild hybrid, which is basically a 48-volt system that does things like allow you to uh, do start-stop, right? Right, yeah. So it, in, it a, gives in, you, in a better way. Yeah, and um, and the FCA systems, what are they called? I'm totally blanking on it. Uh, a Rebel had it. It, had, it has that funny name. You know e-torque? I mean? E-torque. That's what it's called. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, when you when – you, off the line, it's supposed to give you like a little boost right. to help kind of get you off the line. But it really is you impossible. You can't like drive on No, it. it's impossible to operate the vehicle on electricity. And then you've got your standard hybrid like a Prius. And then what we have is the plug-in hybrids, which is what's coming to the Wrangler. So this is a large high-voltage battery that will run the vehicle – for an extended period of time on electricity only, typically like 10 to 40 miles before the gas engine kicks on and then it runs like a normal hybrid. Yeah, and we've seen this uh, vehicle. It was, it was unveiled kind of a soft launch at CES uh, this year. Um, and they had it. They had it at CES, and you could see that there was a battery that you could plug into. Uh, they haven't given any specifications on it yet, so we don't know, you know, how far you can go on electrification only. Uh, but uh, with you know off-road uh, trucks coming that are all electric, and I'm talking about, of course, you know, you know the names, right? Rivian, Cybertruck. There's just there's a whole plethora. I think that electrification is going to be the next big thing. Uh, in off-roaders, uh, and it's a race at this point. Let's make no mistake. This is a race, and whoever gets there first is going to uh, is going to uh, do really well. And you might be wondering, uh, why do I need electrification? And the answer is because it allows you to do a lot of really cool things that you can't do with gas. So, for instance, 
let's start with the basics. Electric motors are super torquey, and, and crawling is all about torque. So you, you can get rid of your low-speed transfer case, right? You can get rid of that because you won't need it if you have a pure electric motor. Or if you do need it, uh, you, you can set up a situation. You give me this like, oh, yes, you will. And I'm like, maybe you won't. You don't know. Well, I mean, in theory, you don't, but you'll just use so much power running that <laughs> that little motor. But if it's if it's a hybrid, it doesn't matter because you'll always have a regular I, I love your engine. Enthu- I love your enthusiasm, Dad, and I'm a big fan of EVs, yeah. but I really don't think it's important for 2020 in, in this class. I, I think it is. I think Tesla— Where do you plug in? These are about I know, I know, but adventuring. I, I get it. But Tesla, which has become more valuable than Ford, believe it or not, seriously, yeah, I know. with three factories or two and a half, uh, has, has shown uh, that uh, there is a huge— um, demand and value in electrified vehicles. And whether you guys disagree or it doesn't matter whether you think so or not, the fact is it's coming. Sometimes, you know. Oh, it's, it's for sure coming. I, I'm a huge proponent for it. Yeah. I think uh, in, a, in a passenger car, I would 100,000% recommend you go buy an EV. Yeah. But in this class, I'm you know, just saying, an you could do a lot of cool stuff things. You could do things like the Rivian is going to do a tank turn. That's great. But what if you're on the White Room Trail? I'd love to do a tank of, turn. What if you ran out of power well, this on the is White a, Room this, Trail? I'm talking about a hybrid now. I'm saying oh, hybrid. wait, don't – that's different though. But, I mean, plug-in hybrids for sure are going to be really cool. But a full electric vehicle in this class is hey, not – Can you do a tank turn? Tank I, turn I've never – A tank turn is just being able to take a vehicle and just turn in one spot. Just go – You don't have to go back, you back, have, and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You've been driving cars for 40 years now. Have you ever needed to do a tank turn? Yes, yes. No, you have coming not. Down, coming down uh, a Black Bear Pass. Oh, uh, yeah, like you do a tank turn on the edge of a cliff. After that, after that first turn where you, you know we watched the Raptor do like an I'm serious, like an 80 point. That turn. you were going to take. Imagine a, tank, a no. half a tank turn where you could. So what what happens is you get to this like really steep part of Black Bear Pass outside of uh, Telluride, which is a classic Colorado trail. You come down, you make a left, and there are these uh, classic, like, you know, snake-like serpentines where you have to go down the mountains. And the very first one has a big rock on the turn. And so you It's on be, the very edge of a cliff, we so should you, say. So you got to be able to go around it. And there was a guy in a raptor who literally had to do, like, 80, you know, back and forth. Back I agree. And it's and not ideal. Just go there and go, whoop, like no. that, and then go down. You are going to go, whoop, on the edge of a <laughs> yes. 3,000-foot cliff. You're going to be okay trusting your car to not go a foot I'm tr- I would further. trust. I would. Tr- it's mu- it's much safer than actually having to go. Exactly I completely disagree. I do not trust a computer on the edge of a two thousand foot cliff. All right. Look, anyway. electrification is important. I am yeah. a big. I agree. But full electrification in this class, full BEV, yeah. is not going to happen for so, a few more so, years so we, for sure. We know that the uh, Escape right is going to be a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Bronco Sport will probably at some point have, have a have have plug-in. Plug. And I'm sure I'm willing to bet. You know, since this car is being designed for this year that the Bronco's going to have a full BEV coming eventually, at least a plug-in hybrid. But I think, I think Wrangler's there first. Yeah, I think with, with they the will hybrid. be there first. Yeah, because yeah. they've already got a vehicle. They've already shown it. And trust me, I'm really excited for the plug-in hybrids, yeah. but full electric I would not okay. want in this class. I'm just saying these are the things that – this is a list of things that the Bronco has to have to be able to compete with the Wrangler. All right, now let's talk about what I call the wow factor. So something that uh, is different that gets you to buy it, right? So I'll give you an example of the wow factor. We just did the same show with Andre two days ago. And in that time, a leak has come out, or Ford engineered a leak, who knows at this point, um, that uh, the vehicle will have what they're calling um, sleeping seat. In essence, you'll be able to like uh, sleep in your... Um, F-150 because you'll be able to put the seat all the way down and make it like a bed. It's like a Honda Fit. 
Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, so that's what they're, you know, and that's kind of the, that's what I'm talking about, the wow factor. Something that the competition doesn't have that makes people say, damn, that's smart. I want it. So what, what, um, do you think that, uh, that will be, uh, for the Bronco? Is there something like that, like self-driving or? I don't know. This is what we're speculating. I, 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 I can't about. even speculate on this. How am I supposed to speculate on a wow factor feature? It'll, it'll make your toast in the morning. It'll have a slot no, for no, toast. No, no, you've been off-roading enough. No, what, what, I, what would you love in the Wrangler that doesn't have? That you'd be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, if the Wrangler did this? I, I, nothing. There's nothing I, I can think of that I wish a Wrangler had for off-roading. Really? I mean, what can you think of? It's easy know. to modify. Like, like Tesla came out with actually jets on their Roadster. Yeah, I've never needed jets off-road. I, I can promise you in Hell's Revenge there's not one section where I've needed jets. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what we would use. Uh, and this is a wow factor for me. And we, we you, you know this because we just ran the White Room Trail. I want to okay. So on the White Room Trail, we had our Gladiator, uh, and uh, we're partnered with a company called Onyx, which provides basically maps uh, for your phone. That even if you're offline, in other words, you don't have cell service, if you download them to your phone, it'll show you the, all the trails, right? And we were using it, and the Jeep's um, navigation system showed the White Room Trail, which is a road, right? You have to have a license plate. It's a dirt road, but it's a road. And then all the other trails were not there. I would love a navigation system that actually is as good as Onyx, where it shows you yeah, every cool. single trail. So that's a wow factor, and that's something that would distinguish it from the Wrangler. That'd be cool. Yeah. We could bring a paper map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of old school. I don't... I don't need the tank turns or uh, 14 turbos or crazy stuff like that to have fun on the trail. All right, let me do, let's talk about one other thing before I talk about the dust-up that we had with uh, Ford. Um, maybe it's more than a dust-up. I don't know. I think it's a dust-up. Uh, but um, what do you think of the uh, Raptor version? So we kind of mentioned it earlier. You think there'll be a Bronco Raptor, and what will that be? Yeah, that could be a cool target or uh, audience that the Wrangler hasn't really captured, which yeah. is like the high-speed desert runner. So Wrangler is such a thoroughbred rock crawler, but it would be cool if there was like a Bronco that was targeted more at like tackling the dunes and the the Baja like terrain. So long distances of fast suspension movement and versus you know slow boulder bouldering. Yep. All right. So let's talk about this dust up, and then we'll call it done. Um, as you know, uh, last week, or maybe you don't know, uh, we got some leaked images of the Bronco, and those uh, were images that Ford uh, did not provide us. Uh, they're real leaks, uh, and they were not images that were uh, illegally gotten anyway. They were illegal images, and what I mean by that is somebody took a picture of like a Bronco, an employee with in the factory. Cl- is, clarify that they were legal images. They're legal, yeah, yeah they're completely yeah. legal. They're just leaks, right? And they weren't. They weren't. They didn't break any Ford laws. Uh, official leaks, uh, and and what I mean by illegal pictures is when the Cherokee first came out. Remember this? Somebody took a picture of it in the factory, which I'm sure Jeep doesn't allow. Uh, and then it got out on, onto the internets, and people just lost their, you know what, because it had the headlights that were, you know, now kind of infamously uh, below the kind of squinty lights, and people hated that and looked like an alien jeep. Uh, that would be something that, that was illegally taken. These were, as far as we can tell, legal pictures. We're very clear about that. Uh, and as journalists, our job is to provide you with that information. So we, we put together a video, uh, maybe you saw it, and we showed those pictures. And, and like, like two hours later, 
Three hours later, we get a phone call from Ford saying, you are now uninvited from the Bronco uh, debut. You're also uninvited uh, from the F-150 review. Uh, and then subsequently, we found out that they also uh, cut access to the Ford press fleet from us. Uh, they actually sent, shipped us a um, van, four-wheel drive, a van that we were going to review that they then took back, which seems silly. Uh, and they also, um, we also had a truck lined up for a vendor that works with Ford that uses Sync uh, that we are going to demonstrate and show how the new technology works. They also cut that off. Uh, and then uh, on a lot of the forums, people um, somehow decided that we had broken an embargo. Now, the way that it works with embargoes is, uh, and you know this, right, the manufacturer comes to us and says, hey, we're going to unveil this vehicle in order for you to write the story or do the video. We're going to give you images of it ahead of time, but you cannot publish them, show them uh, before a certain time and a certain date, right? Yeah, but these are those are images supplied by the manufacturer. Right, yeah, right. They're supplied by, and and so so somehow we got out there that we we broke an embargo. We have never in our ten years broken embargo. Basically, it's like if you know if I if I make a promise to you, Tommy, that I won't do something, we don't do it. That, we're very strict about that. Uh, and in fact, in one instance, uh, when uh, other pictures that were given to another outlet leaked, we actually let the outlet and the manufacturer know uh, so that they could fix and figure it out. Not leaked. Well, yeah. They were illegally. They weren't leaked. They were, they were embargoed images that somebody illegally uh, posted. Posted, yeah, somehow. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're very strict. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I kind of felt like uh, if Ford had actually uh, just, you know, uninvited us from the, the Bronco reveal, then I can understand that because, you know, they work very hard uh, to have an unveiling. Uh, and then if you come along and you kind of partially spoil the party, uh, you, you could see how that would make the manufacturer angry. And, and in fact, we, we, we read on one of the bulletin boards that uh, they had a meeting at the company uh, and that uh, Ford had said that we had broken a, a, a trust issue, right? What did they say? Well, they also said that they had asked us to take the photos down and the video down uh, and that we, we refused to and they felt we had broken a breach their trust. Yeah. But um, in the conversations we had with Ford, at no point was the conversation. Was, they, was, they had never asked us to remove There was no major the, conversation. It was like Ford called us and said, uh, we're uninviting you. Um, yeah, there was no, will you take these pictures down? Will you remove the video? It was just, we're uninviting you, and that was the end of the and conversation. That was, and the phone, that was the end of it. It was really a, a, not like, you know, here's our side of the story. This is what we need. And it's a shame because in the past, uh, Ford to us is a very important, very important um, Company and the partnership is very important because obviously Ford is one of the leading companies in terms of off-roading with the Raptor, in terms of trucks with the F-150, uh, and never, uh, you know, would we want to jeopardize that relationship in a, in a way that is not fixable. And what we did uh, was we posted images because that's what journalists do, right? This is our job. We, our main responsibility at this point is to you, not to Ford, and we're not Ford PR. Uh, but in the past, when Ford has come to us and said, "Hey, well, we're not happy about this. Would you take it down?" We have done we have done that. We've done that with other manufacturers as well because those relationships are very important to us, both on a on a personal level with me and on a financial level with the company. But yet, that was never an option. It was like you're cut off. Goodbye. Uh, and so, you know, so I mean, you know, that's where we're at right now, and that's the story. Yep. Um, I have nothing else to add. All right. Well, anyway, guys, we're still going to do our best to cover Ford uh, in terms of the Bronco. If uh, if new news breaks, you can be sure that we will be on it like uh, Stink on Limburg. Is that a stinky cheese? Munster? What's a stinky cheese? I, I, I don't, don't know. Cheese. I don't know like, what I'm, I'm lactating and telling no, what's I'm a, sorry. What's a stinky cheese? I don't eat cheese either. You need some cheese. I, I don't eat cheese. Anyway, I like stink on cheese. Uh, and, uh, yeah, come back uh, 
to TFL Car, TFL Truck, TFL Off-Road uh, for more news, views, and what else? Real Road Views. Thank you for watching and listening to the TFL Talking Cars podcast. See you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.